0: welcome to the big picture podcast where we make sure you know there's more going on than you can see or hear if this podcast episode helps you would you consider leaving us a review on the app or platform you're using to listen we appreciate it and remember we ain't woke but we are certainly awake and now your host larry ragland Well, hello everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Big Picture. I'm your host, Larry Ragland, and tonight we are going to deal with some pretty controversial stuff. You can probably see in the graphic, we're going to deal with the discussion of gender. What's going on with all this emphasis on gender confusion? I'm going to show you tonight that it's nothing new that has been going on since the beginning of creation. I'm going to get into it right after this. Well, come on in. Come on in. Come on in. If you hadn't hit that subscribe button yet, go ahead and hit it. Uh, hope we don't lose subscribers over this one. Uh, but you know, I told you from the beginning when God put it on my heart to do the big picture that the big picture means we're going to talk, we're going to tell it like it is we ain't woke, but we certainly are awake. And as you saw coming in and saw the title probably grabbed you the thumbnail. This is uh, gender confusion in the garden. And I want to tell you that, you know, you think about it, the wisest man to ever live was a man named Solomon. And Solomon was the one that penned the words in the word of God that said, uh, there's nothing new under the sun. And I've been talking a lot about here on this channel, about God taking us all full circle. He's taking us full circle back to to the book of Acts. He's taking us full circle all the way back to the beginning of creation. And I believe that because I believe that there's no way that God is going to end this thing with his people being less Than they were at the beginning, and the relationship, the desire for the relationship that he has with us, to be different than he had at the beginning. I've often said that if you want to know how this thing is going to wind down when it comes to the kingdom, you need to look at how the kingdom began in the Garden of Eden, how God set it up. There's no way that He would set up something that wasn't exactly what He wanted. That was His will. Now, of course, man chose to fall, man chose to sin, but the perfect will of God was in place before that sin happened. Walking with man in the cool of the day, man walking in dominion. But beyond that, I want to tell you that there was also roles that was placed uh, within men and women and so forth. And I'm going to get into that in this episode. Uh, And, you know, if this this helps you and touches you, uh, maybe make a comment below. Give us a thumbs up. That would be a blessing. Share this with somebody. Um, let me just tell you that it's called gender confusion in the garden because I want to go ahead and just tell you that the devil, if I'm going to say that nothing new is nothing new under the sun, then there. what I really mean uh, is that the, the devil's tactics are not new. The devil's tactics have been around since the beginning of his temptation of man in the garden. And, you know, he doesn't have any new uh, angles, new things that he's trying to do. He's he's been trying uh, to present himself in place of God. He's been trying to manipulate man and woman, mankind, into believing that they are God. and that, you know, that we see the manifestation of that right now when we see people making decisions about what is right and wrong, uh, ultimately, what is sin and so forth that we're making decisions that really only belong to God and that's what we see are happening in the society all around us. So this is a message that I've preached at my church. I've preached at the Iron Men Conference. let me pull this up so you can see it. a little shout out to Men Conference. Iron Men Conference. yes, Iron men conference just just ended and I preached a message there that I'm not going to put on my channel uh, because you know a lot of some of the things that I said in my teaching, that day was geared towards men that was in that house and uh you know i want to take a broader approach on this so stay with me for just a little minute let me just tell you that the same tactics that satan was using in the garden is the same tactics that he's using now and i want to show you that in fact the same the things that we are facing now as a society and the things that families are facing now as a society and you know, all of this that's now uh, gender-related, sexual preference-related, all these kind of things, uh, teachers trying to help transition little uh, kindergartner and elementary kids in boys into girls and girls into boys. You know, you may think that that's just conspiracy theory and that that's my, the hype of some preachers. No, this is really genuinely happening. In some states, it's worse than others, but in some states, they are passing Title IX additions to the title IX situation that that is put in place uh, really was put in place to ensure that uh, girls had the same opportunity as boys and sports and different things like that but now it's being uh, quite frankly uh, sabotaged and is being used uh, for sexual preferences can you imagine uh, when you're in the first grade when you and I were growing up if you're you know 25 years old or older uh maybe even not even that old when you were growing up and you remember back into uh, elementary school you were not thinking about the sexual identity of your teacher you did not know that your teacher was even married let alone what their sexual preference was but now these teachers are many of these teachers, not all. Not I. Please, please understand. I'm not. I'm not saying the majority. But there is a group of teachers that are just absolutely determined that they think that part of their calling in life is not just to teach your kids. It's not even to teach your kids the basics that they need. It's to have to use your kids as a platform to propagate this idea that uh, we need to talk more about trans rights and all this kind of stuff so so i'm going to hit it straight on i'm going to tell you something you know god is taking us back to his perfect will and his relationship that he had with us in the garden but i can't kind of tell you something else satan is also uh taking his tactics back to the garden because he's just so stupid he's convinced that if it worked in the garden to convince the the perfect people adam and eve in the image of god uh to choose to go against god and eat of the very tree that Adam was told not to eat of. Uh, then he feels like he's got a he's got a system in place that you know if God's going to take us back to His will of walking with us in the cool of the day and having that kind of relationship with us, then He's going to take His tactics back as well. So let's talk about that. The Bible tells us that uh, in the garden, and first first of all, there's creation. All these things are spoken to existence. God says, "Let there be, let there be, let there be." and it's very powerful in the sense that everything that god created he spoke into existence one cool interesting thing to think about if you go back and study creation you'll find that he creates it's a pattern of god he creates the sustaining environment first and then he would speak and call out the species that would be sustained by that environment. in other words, he created the water and then he called the fish out of the water because the water would be the environment in which the the fish would be uh, comfortable the fish would be would would grow and that was the element in which in the environment in which they were created to exist in and when they got outside of that environment, they would die. a fish outside of water would die. A mammal well uh, you know god speaks to the earth and says let the earth bring forth every herb every uh, herb bearing tree and then of course every mammal all comes out of the earth so teaching us that it is the, the things of the earth that will sustain that creation um, so so we see all that and then we see it on the sixth day we see god decides to make man and when god makes man it's very interesting and very important that you get this he does not speak to the air he does not speak to the ground he does not speak to the water he understands that the ultimate source of man is going to be him so he speaks to himself and in, in genesis 1 he says let us make man in our image and in our likeness so he he calls man out of himself now, but on the flesh of, of man, he forms man with his hands. Can I tell you something that's very interesting? In all of the stars, and all, all of the planets, and all of the galaxies, all of the trees here on this earth, all of the, the you know, million, trillion gallons of water that's on this earth, all of these things have one thing in common. They were all spoken into existence. The only thing to this day that man has, that God has ever created with his hands was man. God God made it very special when he made man so he comes down and he makes man with his hands from forms him from the From the clay of the earth, but the Bible says that man was not a living soul He, he looked like God he had he had a face Everything that we have is as human beings and he had but it was not any life in him So the Bible says so God when he speaks to himself which he is spirit he breathes himself into man. He opens up the mouth of, of man, literally puts mouth on mouth, and breathes into man. And when he breathes into man, man becomes a living soul. Now understand that uh, you know the spirit side of you and I, uh, the spirit man of all of us, is eternal because it was it is God. God has spoke spoke himself into us. The Things that are created are inter- eternal. Now, we understand that the flesh that is on us came from the earth. So the Bible says, thus shall we, we shall return. So the earth, the things that come forth from the earth, sustain the flesh. But the things that ultimately sustain us as human beings in the authority in which we walk in and our eternity that's coming is God. It supersedes the earth. Okay. Now, watch this. The Bible says that God created male and female. Listen to the words in the book of Genesis, God created them, them. That's the only time you'll ever see him using the pronoun them. But thankfully he was talking about in the proper grammar way, uh, more than one person, not more than one personality, uh, or more than one identification. Uh, a human being, a single human being cannot be a, they, they cannot be a them. You don't get up one morning. You're a guy. And by the end of the day, you're a girl. And then when you go to bed again, you're a guy or you're a guy and a girl at the same time. That's not how it works. Okay. You're either a boy or you're a girl. You're either a man or you're a woman. Now watch this. Um, we all know the story, right? Of garden of of the garden of Eden. We know that everything was created. Everything was spoken to existence. And then we know that God made a garden, and he placed Adam and Eve in the garden, and he showed them everything that was going to be under their authority, showed them all the trees to eat from, and he said, you can eat from all of these trees, Adam and Eve, but you cannot eat of this tree because of this tree. If you eat of this tree, you will surely die. Now, we know that story, right? Right? We all know that story, right? Mm, Hang on. Uh, Let me see if I can find it. Where it Where is it at? Where is it at? Where is it at? I don't have it. That ain't it that ain't what i was looking for uh but uh still learning these little sounds on my soundboard here uh, i was looking for a record scratch because you think you know that story and you think what i just told you was the truth but you know what it's not the truth you know i'm gonna shock you in just a minute uh it is actually a lie what i just told you is a lie let me review god made a garden put adam and eve in the garden told Adam and Eve, you can eat of every tree in the garden, but you cannot eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For the day that you shall eat of that tree, you surely die. That's right. Right? Wrong. Eh, Not right. Didn't happen. Now watch this. Let me me tell you why we think that. We think that because of Genesis chapter 3, and I'm going to read that. Genesis chapter 3, reading from the New King James Version, verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, he said to the woman, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Has God really said that to you, woman? He's talking to the woman, right? Has God really said that to you? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, listen to me. I told you there's nothing new under the sun. Keep that in mind as we go forward in this teaching, on this on this episode, on this podcast or this YouTube channel. It's going gonna, it's gonna to illuminate your eyes. It's going to open your eyes, y'all. You're going to see something that many of you have not seen or have not heard. All right? So now listen to me. A couple of things here you need to get. First of all, uh, I have preached for years, and it is accurate to say this that the problem in the open door to the serpent from that he knew he had an open door at that point with Eve was the fact that she had added to the word of God. And here's where she added. She said that God said they could not eat nor touch the tree. And in the day that they do that, they shall surely die. The truth is he never said you can't touch it. He just said you can't eat from it. In fact, I'm going to show you in just a minute, that he act, the word of God actually commands him to touch it because every tree in the midst of the garden was not just there for them to eat from except this tree, but every tree in the midst of the garden was commanded by God for them to tend it, take care of it, prune it, make sure it was fertilized, make, whatever. I'm just throwing out words there whatever they had to do in that garden to make sure those trees were growing correctly, God had instructed them how to do that. And he implies, not just implies, but emphatically states that every tree they are to tend, but they just cannot eat it. In other words, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Adam was mandated by God to take care of that tree, just like he took care of all the other trees, but just couldn't eat from it. So I've always said that when she said, nor can we touch it, that that was the open door. But I'm gonna show what God showed me just recently, as as illumination begins to happen in scripture to the remnant generation not adding or taking away from the word of god but simple text that is in front of us that has been hidden in plain sight or god has purposely blinded generations from really seeing it and preaching it and understanding it until that final generation of which we are a part of now remember he's very cunning he's cunning more cunning than all of the animals is what the bible says now watch this here is the shocker uh, of of the Garden uh, of Eden story. Here's why I want to tell you that it is not a true story, what I just told you, because we are relying, listen to this, on the narrative of Eve. We are We have bought into the narrative of Eve, but here's something that's pretty shocking to you. Here are the facts. The facts are this. She wasn't even there. She is talking like she was there. She said, we, she's command. Remember what the serpent said? The serpent said, did God really say that to you woman? He's talking to the woman. She emphatically stakes as if she was there. Hmm. Well, let's see what the word of God says, because there is a very specific story that she is referencing to about that tree. And it's found in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, once again, New King James Version. Genesis 2, verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man, took the man and put him, him in the Garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. Remember what I just told you? To tend it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in that day you shall eat of it, you eat of it, you will surely die. Can I tell you something? The command was never made to Eve. Eve never heard God say that. She was not there. This command was only given to Adam, not to Eve. Now you say, well, is that just your opinion? No, let's just show you something, because that was verse 17. Verse 17 is the one that says, if you eat of this tree, you will surely die. Very next verse, verse 18 of Genesis chapter 2, and the Lord God said at that moment, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. That word comparable means uh, opposite, uh, that would, Work with him in conjunction with him, but not the same as him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called the living creatures, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. Remember, we just got through reading the whole thing about the tree. There's still no Eve yet. This is just Adam. But then the Lord God, verse 21, caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and as he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman, he brought her to man. Now listen to this. This is profound, y'all. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Now, listen to me. Listen to me right now. You got to get this. The command was given to Adam. The reply that Eve gave to the serpent, she replied with authority. She replied with a matter of factism that, you know, she knew what she was talking about, but she was not there. And when you look at that and you understand that in the context of the question that the serpent asked Eve, remember, Has God indeed said that? And he said to the woman. Notice he didn't say, and he said to Adam and Eve, and he said to the woman, has God indeed said that to you? And of course, you know the reply. I just told you the reply. Well, she wasn't there. So how does she even know that you're not supposed to eat from this tree? The only way she could even know the command to not eat from that tree is that she got that knowledge from her husband. Adam. Husband? Wait, what? Husband? How do you know uh, that they were married? Well, I just read it to you, and I'm going to read it to you again. So watch this. He goes from having no idea what a woman is. He's never seen a woman. He was created by the hands of God. Breath was breathed into him. He became a living soul as a grown man. Are y'all hearing me? A grown man. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Listen to podcasts and get a drink. Now, listen. As a grown man, he did not have a father, natural father. He did not have a mother. He doesn't know what a woman is. He doesn't know what a wife is. But yet, when he sees her, he calls her a woman. Then he says, uh, "She therefore a man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife." And the two shall become one flesh." How does he know about a wife? How does he know about a future thing called a father? How does he know about a future thing called a mother? Because during the walking of the cool of the day that God would walk with man in the cool of the day, I believe with all my heart that he was preparing him. He was telling him about this this woman that was coming, but then he was telling him about even more than that. But when she comes, I'm going to marry you too. I'm going to have something called a marriage. I'm going to have something called a wedding, and I'm going to marry you, and you're going to be blessed by me. And everything uh, that you do within that marriage will be blessed because it will be a marriage between a man and a woman. And within that marriage, the married bed shall be undefiled, and I will show you. Now you'll see it in the example of animals, but it's going to be so much better for you. I'm going to show you how the two are going to be so designed in such a way physically. And their anatomy is going to be designed in such a way that you and her will come together and be blessed in marriage and the two shall actually become one flesh. And in that act of becoming one flesh, you'll be fruitful and multiply. Then he begins to explain to Adam, something called a child is going to come forth. There's going to be a son and a daughter is going to come forth. And that's how we're going to populate and replenish the earth, replenish the earth. And then he says, there's going to come a day that the the man, the boy is going to become a man. He's going to fall in love with the woman. He's going to have to leave his father and mother. So the entire, entire concept of family, the entire concept of marriage, the sanctity of marriage, marriage being between a man and a woman, all was there in the garden. All happened at the point of when God brought Eve to Adam. All right. You listening to me? It's very, very important for you to get this because as we wind this broadcast down, the most important part of this broadcast is coming we have to understand what is actually happening here in, in at that tree in Genesis chapter three. When Genesis chapter three, we we don't really know how long it was from chapter two when Adam named all the animals and God said, it's, he's ready now, he's ready. It's no longer good for him to be alone. Everything he needs to know about a woman, the future of my will for a family, he's got it. No, it does him no good to be alone anymore. He needs that helper now now he's ready and of course then he makes him fall asleep Eve comes forth and what we just talked about so we don't know how long it was between that moment and then genesis chapter chapter three verse one moment where we have the famous story of the serpent and eve it could have been and probably was decades okay decades now why are you saying that um we know that when cain and abel's story happens and then abel is killed and god blesses eve with another son called seth the bible says that adam was 130 years old when seth was born so the more than likely uh that many many years had went by many many years had went by and no telling how many times the story uh was told by adam to eve now over the course of time Uh, it's very obvious that Adam began to be resentful towards the fact that he is having to tend this tree, but he can't eat of this tree. And what happens to a lot of people in in life even now is you, you're the one that gets up at four o'clock in the morning. You're the one that has to drive through traffic. You're the one that has to work outside in the heat of the day. You're the one that has to dig the ditch to make the check. And then when the money comes in, you know, you see, uh, you hear people telling you that, you know, 10% belongs to God and all of this, you know, but I made that that's my money. That's my money. And God is saying, yeah, I understand that. But the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I'm, I'm, I'm asking you, um, actually commanding you, uh, to make sure that you remember me to be a giver and a sower and not just think that it's all about you because it's not all about you. And so that being said, um, I want to tell you that that's exactly what's happening here. We know that at some point man was intended by God to be the spiritual leader, to be the priest. We know in Genesis 1:26, when he says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness and let us give them dominion, that that is a kingly statement. In other words, I'm, he He was a little k king, and that's why God is called the king of kings. But he put that garden in there and said this is your dominion this is you are in charge of this you are the authority here you are the spiritual leader you are the spiritual priest well at some point here's what we're facing right now at some point uh because Eve had so looked to her husband and her man to lead her, to be the, the, the voice of reason, uh, to have spent time with God and come in and pray and speak and speaking to the live life of, her, of his wife, uh, on behalf of God and, and be his representative and all that he began to no longer value his role over time. It's very, very obvious that that is the case because here we have a situation where the Bible says that in Genesis chapter three, when all this is going on, he, it's very obvious when you study it and look at it in the context that I'm telling you, that the serpent was confused because he had probably had this conversation before, many times before, but was always shut down by Adam because Adam had authority over every creature. Remember, the serpent is a creature. So all Adam had to do was say, shut up, stop talking to my wife. You have no authority to talk to my wife. And, but he kept pushing it, he kept pushing it, he kept pushing it. And that day, it all changed. And that's why it's recorded in Scripture, because of that day, he says that to Eve. He questions what God said to Eve. And Eve speaks with authority. Instead of Adam, she speaks as if she was the one that heard from God. She speaks as though she's the one that has the right to speak what God has said. Well, how do you how do you know she wasn't just sneaking behind Adam's back? Well, the Bible says it was uh, very obvious, and the Bible says in Genesis chapter six—excuse me, Genesis chapter three, verse six. Genesis chapter three, verse six. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for few food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, she also gave to her husband with her and he ate. It's very, it's right there in scripture. you don't have to add to it or take it away, you don't have to imagine the whole entire conversation, he was there. Now, what's the something very, very important for you to get? They did not know they were naked and be ashamed and try to sow fig leaves when Eve ate the apple. It happened the moment, I'm going to read it again verbatim. She took of its fruit and ate. Nothing happened. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. And when he ate, verse 7, very next word, then, then. The eyes of both of them were open and they knew they were naked and they sew fig leaves together to make themselves coverings. They already had been naked from the beginning. They had been clothed in, not just in the glory of God, but they had been clothed in the order of the family of God. Listen to me. God has never intended for man to dominate and to abuse his authority, but God has called a man to lead. I preach a message called "God's plan was a man," and it doesn't mean that God's plan did not include a woman. I'm just telling you, though. It, don't you think it's unusual the, the over the absolute attack against manhood, the attack against masculinity, the attack against a man's role not not to be a dominant. Uh, it's his kingdom and everybody else got to submit to him, but to lead as the priest of the home. I mean, you think about what has happened in our world, the removal of the father, the removal of the husband, the removal of the need of a man in a child's life. Now, uh, uh, the removal of a man in a woman's life that she don't need no man. Can I tell you something that what happened was that there was a reversal of genders at that tree and that's when the enemy knew if i can get a man listen to me to begin to take on the role of a woman and if i can get a woman to begin to take on the role of a man and they swap their roles within the family and the man is no longer to be the be able to be the man to be the leader to be the provider, and the woman uh, is is now taking that position and speaking uh, as the authority of that marriage. Now, if you're a single mom, you, you ain't got nothing but but to speak, be that authority. But I'm talking about within the confines of a husband and a wife and a family. Uh, when God's perfect will is for every one of them to be saved, every one of them to be born again, and the man to be the spiritual leader of that home. Now you don't have to agree with that. You can get mad at me and bow up on me, but watch this. I'm not talking about, uh, this is not a, this is not a podcast or a YouTube channel that talks about, uh, lining up with current culture. This is a, this is a broadcast that talks about the word of God and I'm teaching the word of God. Okay. The word of God. Now watch this. They already knew they were naked. They all they but they were not ashamed. But the moment that the man ate of the fruit, he submitted to what was going on. He absolved his Genesis one twenty six dominion authority. He handed it over through the woman. He handed it over to the to the serpent. They both he was ultimately responsible, and and you see that the moment he ate of it, they both knew they were naked and they were ashamed. See sex was not something that began at that moment. They were already having sex. You understand, sex was created by God. Sex was not created by the devil. What happened at, the, at the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the serpent is that sex began to be distorted and perverted. The Bible says when Eve began to see that the fruit was pleasant to the eyes, pleasant to the flesh, the word pleasant means lustful she began to lust for something else the concept of of being her own god she lusted for someone to speak into their to her life other than her husband she allowed a serpent to speak into her life and her husband the man allowed it to happen stood there and watched it and had become so beaten down and had relinquished so much of his authority that he became the quiet one he became the submissive one and eve became the dominant and the spoken one and i'm going to tell you something there's we're going full circle i begin this broadcast by saying there's nothing new under the sun that's exactly what we're facing right now is that the enemy is trying to confuse the genders trying to confuse uh for us to understand god's plan because if we can confuse that if we can convince ourselves that we are really not who we were born as, then, then, then. The only thing that's left after that is that any authority or any role or any uh direction that came with that gender is out as well and now we we have confusion of families we have we have uh two women together we have two men together we have now a man and two women i have a woman and two men uh they call it a thruple they're trying to push that now to to be legally married I mean you just begin to just whatever you want to do whatever you want to become you can become that and when you do that that confuses your mind you no longer believe in the order of god you no longer believe in the in the in the sovereignty of god you no longer believe in the creative power of god and you no longer believe in a perfect god because you believe that god actually made some mistakes, and God actually didn't really produce what he should have produced because he produced a body, but then he put uh, another person inside that body that was a different gender, and that just confuses it all. Are you hearing me? It just confuses it all, and that is where we're at. So ladies and gentlemen, let me just tell you that the confusion of gender is not anything new. There's nothing new under the sun. The confusion of gender is the fact that we are going full circle and the enemy ain't doing nothing. He ain't doing nothing that he hadn't done before. Are y'all hearing me? So that's the end of this broadcast. And there's a lot more I could say, but I don't want to keep you too long. This has been a little bit longer than normal anyway. So if you like it, give me a thumbs up got a comment comment below share it got a lot more to say on this coming up in future episodes but um this is not hate speech this is just facts this is bible men it's time to be men women it's okay and it's time to be women okay it's time for us to take the roles that god is ordained for us to take, our children are depending on us. Don't relinquish your rights and your authority to another man, another woman, or a teacher, or a system, or a government. You are their parents. It's time for you to stand up. Open your eyes. Wake up. Don't go woke. Go awake. Open your eyes to what's happening. I'll see you next time on The Big Picture, where our (laughs) eyes are wide open. God bless. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Big Picture Podcast. We hope it helped you, encouraged you, and empowered you. Please consider leaving us a review on your app of choice and share with family and friends. And remember, we ain't woke, but we are certainly awake.